Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Good evening, everyone, and welcome this evening as we continue our meeting together in this online format in our Sunday evening time. I welcome you to our study this evening as we have been considering today the topic of idolatry. Understanding what idolatry is, helping us to make sure that whatever idols we have in our lives that we understand them and therefore can begin working on them. We have this picture in our minds when we think about idolatry of, of, of a third world country whose economic status or educational status is not very good and therefore in their ignorance they turn to idols. And so we have this view of idolatry that comes across from that way of thinking. And therefore by doing so we exempt ourselves from being idolatrous. But we learned this morning that that's just not true. In fact idolatry is real. It is a real thing that happens to real people and we battle it throughout our lives. Some of us battle well, falling at times. Others battle not so well, falling often. But we all have the temptation to follow through the idols that come to us and confront us. This idea of idolatry is substitute, a substitute for the things of God. A substitute that takes the place of God who in 2 Peter 1 says, I have given to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. If I trust that God is going to take care of me here and in the hereafter, then idols take the place of that or I will trust God for that. So tonight, let's think about the idea of idolatry and how it affects the church. Think with me, first of all, the church is a body. It is used in the context of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 12 particularly, where we are a body. But this passage for tonight, if you want to go ahead and turn there to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, this is where we find the idea that the church is in fact affected by idolatry. He talks about the body concept. Think with me for just a minute. What part of your body would you just voluntarily say, rip it off for no good reason? Now, there are many tremendous people who have sacrificed something either to save the life of another and they lose themselves or a part of themselves. Others have donated a kidney, for instance, to someone in need. So the idea of saying, I'll take a part off, is different when we say, would you just voluntarily say, I don't think I need it anymore, I'll just cut it off. Well, nobody really thinks like that. And yet that is the concept of what happens as it relates to idolatry and the church. The church is a body. 
The church is made up of many individual members. Let's think about it. In the first place, notice this text, 1 Corinthians 10, verses 14 through 17. This text says that idolatry, we should flee idolatry because idolatry divides. And it divides from the inside out. Paul talks about this text when he says, you don't want to give up a part of your body. We are one body. Notice his point. The cup of blessing we bless, is it the communion of the blood of Christ and the bread we break? Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? We, though many, are one body in Christ. The church is a body. The church is described in that way because God wants us to understand in the best way possible what the value of the church is. Each body is valuable for what it has, even with what it does not have. There are people who are born into this world whose bodies are not what we would call normal, but they are valuable for what they have. And those of us who have bodies that we would consider to be more normal, we don't want to give up a part of that. Paul's example here is to say to these Christians, you need to get away from idolatry because idolatry divides the church from the inside out. You are a part of the body. And as a part of the body, when you are in idolatry, the church from the inside out begins to divide. That's how God represents idolatry and its effect on the church. It divides from the inside out. Notice, if you will, starting in verse 18. Flee idolatry because idolatry destroys from the outside in. Notice what he says. First of all, there's really nothing wrong in themselves of the things that we identified this morning as the idols that we face in our lives every day. In themselves, there's nothing wrong with them. Paul says in this passage, verse 19 particularly, is an idol anything? Is what is offered to idols anything? Paul says, wait a minute, I know that these things are not real. He's been describing in verse chapters 8, 9, and 10 this idea that these Corinthians were facing when someone would offer them a meal and say, this is a meal that I have already cooked in worship to an idol. Should you eat it or should you not? And Paul is saying, those idols are not real. Oh, they exist, but they're not real. There's no substance. And therefore, it's not that the idol is anything that causes him to give his advice. But rather, verse 20, there is a problem because these things, these idols, 
are used by people for things that are not right, things that are immoral. God said the idol is not the issue. It's the people who are using them and the reason why they are using them. That's what the problem is. And all of those things we use this morning are good and proper things in the right context. But when used by people as replacement providers for what God says He gives, now those things become evil because of the way they are used by others. And Paul said, verse uh, 21, you cannot have two tables and two cups in the Lord's body. Isn't that interesting? His, his issue is you can't have two. There is only one cup of the Lord. You can't have a cup of the demons. There's only one Lord's table, and you can't have a table of the demons. In other words, you can't take what's on the outside in the world and bring it into the church and expect that the body will stay intact. Paul said, you better watch out because those things, verse 23, lead to the Lord being jealous. Idolatry affects the church. And Paul says to this church, flee idolatry because it will divide you from the inside out and it can destroy the church from the outside in. Well, the question then is simple. How does this happen? How does idolatry affect the church? The church is, by definition, a body, an organization that needs certain things. The church exists and must do what it does because God has ordained that it do so. And therefore, there are things that characterize the church that must happen, must be a part, or the church cannot exist. Idolatry does affect the church. The question is how? Let me give you a few thoughts. Thoughts that help us to understand how idolatry steals or robs from the church. Let me give you this one, for instance. Idolatry robs the volunteer workforce of the church. Paul is talking here about the body. The body is a volunteer force. And we cannot understand it any differently than that. It is a volunteer force. But if everybody makes their decisions of working and doing and having their own works with no thought for the work of the church, idolatry has affected the church having robbed the volunteer force because I am so busy here 
and here and over there that the church has no volunteer workforce. And now, this idol of doing your own work without any work, service, thought for the church, that idol now makes God a God in name only. In other words, what are you doing? What are you doing? The God the church claims to follow now becomes a God in name only because the volunteer workforce is out there but not in here. The church has work to do. The church has a mission to fill. The church has something that God wants us to perform. And without the volunteer workforce, it will not be done. Number two, idolatry affects the church because it robs the church of its fellowship. It robs the church of its fellowship every time the members of this body make sure that all their family and friends and people and relationships outside the body of Christ get all of their time and all of their energy, but no one or they don't think about the necessity of having friends in this body. Relationships in the church relationships with people who have the same spiritual connection, that idolatry is a problem. It makes God the God of a disjointed body. And no one would say that a disjointed body is a normal body. There is a disease that causes with the least activity at all, the shoulder to come out of joint, the knees to come out of joint, hips won't stay in place because the ligaments don't perform. When people are not fellowshipping and connecting in the local body, the church, it is a disjointed body. It is fellowship that creates the strong bonds. People have strong bonds outside. And if they don't have them here, then idolatry, the substituting of relationships out there for in here, makes God the God of a disjointed body. Number three, I would suggest that idolatry robs the church of its reputation. The church, through Scripture, has a reputation. That is, even the world knows that the church teaches things that the world does that are wrong. And the church says, not good. We should not do them. Even 
the common people who just don't even give a thought about church, they have an idea that there's something different. I have told you before that I have been playing golf with someone whom I don't know just joined up with and they have been talking and maybe saying a number of choice curse words somewhere along the way I can insert that I'm a preacher and it's amazing how they change it's not because they believe that it's wrong they just know that a preacher and a church teaches it differently look each individual member affects the reputation of this church. And if entertainment and immorality are the idle lifestyles of members of the church, the reputation is damaged. And now, God really becomes the God of licentiousness. God, through that idolatry, will be seen as the God, maybe, based on the life of those who claim to be His, He might be the God of those who practice just about everything else the world does. Idolatry affects the church. Number four, idolatry robs the church of the attitude of submission. When individual members decide that their thoughts, their reasonings, their logic, their ideas are much more important than what the church is doing under its shepherds whom God has appointed. Now God for them becomes the God of chaos. It is not the case that any one of us with any other person can be fully on board with every single issue, agreeing exactly point to point with anybody else. I've said before, the reason I know that's true is because I disagree with me. And if I disagree with me, how can I expect to agree with you at every single point? Not possible. So the question is not about agreement. At least not agreement in fact. But it is about agreement in practice. Submission is a staple part of life. And the body of Christ was formed in such a way that God put shepherds who will guide and nurture and grow and make that church be spiritual and mature. And it is our job as those who serve here to submit to that rather than our own thoughts and our own ideas to the point where we end up causing a problem in the church. God is not a God of chaos. Number five, idolatry robs, steals from the church its needed financial resources. The church, in a physical way, cannot operate on zero money. It just can't happen. God designed the church in such a way, again, with this volunteer spirit. 
that all giving is done voluntarily. And that's a wonderful thing. I don't want someone telling me how much I have to give. I don't want someone sending me a bill. And God doesn't either. But God also doesn't want this. God doesn't want the situation to be, since this is volunteer giving, then whenever you give, it changes so much based upon what you want to do in your own life. How do you want to spend your money? What things do you want to buy? How do you want to use that money? And if at this time I want to use it differently more than I have before, I'll just cut back on what I give to the church. You know what that idol does? It makes God the Lord of the leftovers. When Paul wrote about giving, he wrote about purposing in the heart. He didn't write about making a decision after I have bought every single thing I want and enjoyed everything that I want to enjoy, spending the money every way I want, and then whatever's left over, I'll give God a portion of that. Number one, it's not sacrifice. And number two, that's not purposing. And what steals money from the church is idolatry spent on self so much that there's nothing left for the church. It's between you and the Lord how much you give. It's between us and God to decide what our sacrificial giving will be. But let me ask you, how do you make that decision? Is it a purposeful choice or a random opportunity after I've already done what I want to do? Which one gets rid of idolatry? Which one practices idolatry? Don't be a part of idolatry that leaves God as the Lord of the leftovers. Finally, number six, let me give you this. I think idolatry robs the church of its future. Idolatry robs the church of its future. This leaves God a God without a people. Have you ever known of a church that just folded up shop and quit? Why did they? What caused that? I've heard it said many times that the church is only one generation away from extinction. What they mean by that is, if one entire generation decides to abandon the Lord's church, it will be finished in that generation. I don't want to leave God with no people. I don't want to leave God with no people when I leave this world. What is the church that you're going to leave to your children and to your grandchildren? Have you ever thought about that? What do you think about financially what you're going to leave your grandchildren or your children 
What have you thought about as far as houses or lands that you're going to leave them? What about principles of life? I had someone in my office today who made this statement, I'm doing this particular thing in my Bible so that years from now when my children are older and their children and they pick up my old Bible, they will see what I was doing on that day, what lessons that I'm instilling. We're doing a lot of things to prepare the future for our children and our grandchildren. That's why we get so caught up in, in the environment and the culture and, and what's going on in the world. We want to leave them a good world. What are we leaving them as a church? Idolatry takes people away from the Lord's church, leaving the Lord with no people at all, nobody at all. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul makes this very clear statement that God, according to his eternal purpose, declared that the church would tell the world about him. If the church was in the eternal mind of God, and it was, then it is up to us to see to it that the church remains what God wants it to be. We stand firm and true and right and good. That we develop relationships and serve and be a part of this thing in financial and in service ways and in all kinds of ways. The church is important. It's not just one more thing on our list. The church is the center of our lives. And it's only idolatry that could pull that away. So I beg you, while begging me, let's make sure that idolatry doesn't get a foothold in our lives. Let us be aware that it's real. And even if it's real, let's not think about it as something we can't conquer. But rather, we can fight. We can continue to work. And we can make sure that we are less and less influenced by the idolatrous world. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's a great time for us to spend in this study. And I appreciate so much your tuning in. I want to mention this thought, this whole concept of idolatry was given to me about a week and a half ago. Ron Murray has been talking to me about it. Tremendous thoughts. Got my mind running in that direction, and I appreciate that. That's one of the great things about this church. I'm constantly being given thoughts of depth to run with and to think about. Our people are deep and true and real. And I am convinced we want to be the people of God. Let's keep doing that. And as always, may God bless our church. May God bless our country. May God bless each one of us as we fight idolatry. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. 
We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.